Sichas Chelik Yud Vayigash Aleph. Very gishmake, fundamental sicha. That some uh, fundamental topics will be discussed in this sicha here. We're talking about the reunion of Yasef and Binyamin. After not seeing each other for all these years, they meet in Mitzrayim and they cry on each other's shoulders. Pasuk is Aleph. Yosef fell on the neck of Binyamin and his brother and cried. And Binyamin fell, cried on his neck, on Yosef's neck. Yosef cried on the two Bate Mikdash. Therefore, it says Tzavre, the necks of Binyamin, because it was. Alluding to the two Bate Mikdash that would be that will in the future be in the portion of Binyamin and Eretz Yisrael, and they're going to be destroyed. So Yasef was crying for this future Khurban of the two Bate Mikdash. And Binyamin cried on Mishkan Shiloh. The Mishkan that the Yidden built in the Midbar traveled with them into Eretz Yisrael and then was situated in Shiloh which is in the portion of Yasef. And then it was destroyed. And therefore, Benjamin cried for because of this Khurban that was going to happen in the portion of Yasef. So the first thing we have to talk about is what is the connection between a neck, Tzavre, and the Beis HaMikdosh. The reason that Tzavre uh, eludes the neck alludes to the Mesa Mikdash, the Posik, the Medrash on the Posik, that your neck is like the Tower of David. The Medrash says as follows, just like the neck is in the high part, the high point of the person. So too, the Mesa Mikdash is in the high part or the high point of the world. The Tigmata brings that the Eretz Yisrael, Yisrael is higher than all of the lands of the world, and Yerushalayim is the highest part of Eretz Yisrael. And in Eretz Yisrael itself, the Beis Hamikdash is a begavi in the highest part of Yerushalayim, and therefore in the highest part of the whole world. Omnom, however, remember we're talking about a neck, not a head. The fact that the, that the Medrash says in the high point or the highest part of the world, does not mean that it is the highest point of the whole world, that is nothing higher than it, the peak. Brought in Rashi as well, that the Gemara on the Pasuku Ben Kseyev Shachem, that he rests between the shoulders. So the Gemara says, that the Beis HaMikdash was lower 23 Amos than Ein Eitam. Ein Eitam is a well, that uh, from it is mentioned in the Gemara would flow an aqueduct to the Beis Amikdash, which is what would fill the water in the Amo, in the aqueduct in the Beis Amikdash. And this originated from a, a well called Ein Eitam. And Ein Eitam was the highest point of Yerushalayim. And the Beis Amikdash is 23 Amos less than that, lower than that. Just like, just like the neck, which is on the higher part of the body, but it's not the highest, it's a little bit lower than the head. And the contrary, 
It was bekavana this way. It was intentional this way. Because it says in the Gemara over there that they were thinking of making the Beis Amigdash in the highest part of the world. Amri, they said, let's lower it a drop. Because it says that it rests between the shoulders. There's nothing more pretty or attractive in an ox more than its shoulders. The nicest part of the ox is the shoulders. And therefore, the Beis Amigdash should be at the shoulders of the world, not at the head of the world. That means that when it says in the other Medrash, that the Beis Amigdash was it means in the highest part of the world, but not totally at the peak. So, what is the advantage and what is the beauty in the fact that the Bismigdash is not in the highest part, in the top of the world? However you look at it. If there's no advantage in height. What is it telling us? What, it is, what, is it, what, is it, what is it letting us know by telling us that the Bismigdash is in the highest part of the world? And if the height is a mile, is something special. And he points out in Nara 6 that, for example, when it comes to the mitzvah of Lulav, the bracha we make is al natilas Lulav. Even though the Esrik has both tam and reach, both taste and smell, which means that in a certain sense, the Esrik is greater, more important than the Lulav. Nevertheless, we make a bracha al natilas Lulav because the Lulav is higher and more visible than the rest of the, uh, the Dalad, the other three minim. And therefore, it's all named the Lulav because of its height. And also from the very statement of the Medrash, the Medrash implies that there's an advantage to height. I would think that anything that is higher is, more, is nicer and better. So what's the purpose and the reason of making the Medrash lower 23 Amis from the top of the world, either make it all the way on top or anywhere else. Why make it on the top, but then lower it a drop? So to answer this question, we're going to learn a little bit about the neck. What is the, the Indian, the spiritual uh, uh, idea of the neck? We'll be able to understand this by first prefacing what is the idea, the concept of the neck. The neck is a mimutza, an intermediary between a bridge between the head and the rest of the body. The general life energy, life force of the body, of the person, is in the brain, which is in the head. And the drawing down of this energy, this life force, from the head to the rest of the body. It's through the trachea, the esophagus, also called the windpipe and the food pipe, uvridin and the arteries that are in the neck of the person, in the throat. In other words, the life force begins in the head and then is trans transferred down through the neck into the body. And also, the, the, the brain is not just where the life energy of the person begins, but it's also where his intellect begins. And then the intellect has to go down to impact the rest of the body. 
So the same idea is with regards to drawing down seichel, intellect, from the brain, which is in the head. <coughs> the fact that the seichel, and he says the very important is the chitzenius, because the actual brain remains in the head, but the expression of the brain goes down, because the, and it impacts the, 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 the midos, the emotions. So the fact that the expression of the, of the brain goes down from the mind, from the brain, to the left, to the heart. And from the heart, it then spreads out in its impact into the rest of the body. It's only possible by going through the mezar, the straits or the constraints, constraints of the gorain, of the neck, which is separating the head and the body. So this, this, this idea, Meitzer HaGaron, is explained numerous times. In the Hore, he references Teirah In Teirah, he says, very simple. He says, for the Seichel to become a Midah, it, it's, a, it, it's a transformation. It's a whole new thing. Seichel, a person understands, Alpi Seichel, that this is lovable. That this should be an Ava to this thing, to this person. Then that has to become a Midah of Ava, that he should actually love it. In order for the seichel to become a midah, this is a new, it's creating a new entity. In order for a new entity to be created from the seichel, there has to be a tzimtzum. The seichel has to be mitzamtzum itself to allow for the creation or the birth of a midah. That, and that's the meitzer agarim. That's the constraints of the gagarim, which is mitzamtzum. It, 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 it uh, creates a tzimtzum, a, a, a constraint on the seichel to allow for a midah to be born of it. So based on this, the neck has an advantage on the head because the tzavar, the neck and the throat are the conduit to be able to bring the head into its purpose. In two ways, number one, that all of the limbs of the body should receive their life energy from their life force from the head. And that all of the midas, all of the rest of the body should conduct themselves according to the seichel, according to the intellect in the mind. So both functions are only possible through the, through the tzavar, through the neck. And therefore the tzavar has an advantage because without it, the head can't function. Even though if you look at the head by itself and the neck by itself, the head is greater. Which is why the, the head is physically higher on the body than the neck, which means the neck by itself without being near the head could accomplish nothing. And the head has seichel in it, and the head has chayis in it. So the head is clearly on a higher level than the neck. This advantage of the head, is only in the hierarchy of the levels. But with regards to the mission and purpose of the head, there's an advantage in the neck. And he mentions in Aura 8, from a Maimah from the Physical Rebbe, that there's a difference between Madrege and Maimah. Madrege means level. Level is something that is compared to others. So one could be higher than the other because it's next to something else that's lower than it. Maila is something that, it, an inherent virtue that it has, something that it has inherently that without comparing it to anything else, either it's a maila or not a maila. So the, 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 the 
head is higher on a higher level than the Rosh. But the Tzavar, sorry, the head is on a higher level than the Tzavar, than the neck. But the neck itself has its own Maila. And specifically because it is lower in level. Because the neck is the conduit. And the dafke, the neck, because it is lower than the head, has this ability to transfer the chayis, the, the life energy, and the seichel from the head to the body. So now we understand that there's a, there's a mile in the neck. The neck being lower, it's not just lower than the head, it has an advantage over the head. So now we can apply this to the base amigdash. Now this will be based on this. We'll also understand how it works with regards to the base amigdash, which is compared to a neck. That its main mila is that it is lower a little bit from the highest point of where it could have been. The whole idea of this is that through it there should be drawn down and illuminate a light of a locus of godliness to the whole world until the lowest parts of the world. And therefore, therefore, the Mishkun was only in the height of the world, but not the highest point of the world. Not at the highest point of the world and too high for it, aloof from it. Because then it would be too high to be able to illuminate the world. But the basic Mikdash was built lower a little bit with some connection and some closeness to the world in order to be able to illuminate the world. Just like the neck like we explained at length previously, just like the neck of the person, because it is lower than the aloofness of the Reish, which literally means the height, the higherness of the, of the Reish. But in this case, the Reish is a little bit removed. It's higher and removed from the head. And the neck is lower than that. The, 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 the neck is closer to the Guf. It is able to, it is like... The, uh, the middle point that is able to connect the two parts, the head and the body, into one. The Mimer in, in Teira Eir, not, um, I've seen other 70 mentions Teira Eir Noyach. I looked at the Mimer in Va'eda, uh, in the Beer, and Lachain Emer, the Mimer is Ba'arucha, uh, explains at length the idea of a Meitzer Agarin and the idea of Mimutza. But there I think it says that Mitzrayim was the Mitzrayim Garden. So if you want to learn more about this idea of the Mimutza, you could look it up in Teira'er. Now in the next paragraph, we're going to talk about the personal Beis Amikdash, the, per, the, the person's individual Beis Amikdash. And in the in this Sikha, we're going to go back and forth a little bit between the Beis Amikdash HaKloli, the Beis Amikdash in Yerushalayim, and the, pers, the person's individual Beis Amikdash. The same application could be made to the person's individual Beis Amigdash. Let me know the Rebbe said thousands of times that mentioned the Maimar Chazal. That every Yid is a Beis Amigdash for the Yemishter. So the same thing, the same idea applies. We have to go to the Tzavar in order to have the Pu'ula and the Mata on the lower levels.
because when the nefesh abamis is not doesn't elevate itself in a in a state of removal, mino elam cotton slay from his world, elam is asekes from his labesha's boy, but the nefesh alekis. It is involved and enclosed in the world of the person in the Gulf. In order to refine and elevate the Nefesh Abamis as Gufay and his Guf, and his portion of the world, then the whole person becomes a Mishkan, a dwelling place and a sanctuary for the Abishtar. But it's only if the Nefesh Alekis is involved with the Nefesh Abamis in order to work with it and elevate it. So now we understand the beauty of the neck, the advantage of the neck, the fact that, that it is able to convey the energy from the head to the rest of the body, and the fact that it's able to convey the light of the Abishter into the world. Now we'll go back to the Pasik of Yasef and Binyamin. Yasef cried on Binyamin's neck, and Binyamin cried on Yasef's neck. Not only was it on the base of Mikdash, but also literally when they cried, so if it says he cried on his neck or on his shoulders, it was literally they, they leaned on each other's shoulders and they cried. So we'll understand why Yasef fell on Binyamin's neck and, and Binyamin fell, cried on Yasef's neck. Why did they cry on each other's necks and not on their heads? Which the head is the primary and most important part of the person. Hello. This is why the ultimate purpose of a Yiddi I was created for the sole purpose of serving my Creator. To serve and to complete the, the purpose, the intent of his creator. By creating this individual and by creating all of the elements. The kavana of the whole creation was to make a dirbatahtainim, the zed, this avoid of this inyan of dirbatahtainim, totally bavedis neisra. This is totally in the avoid of the yid, in the yid's work, in the yid's serving Hashem, shadei. Hakel bede shemaim, chutmir shemaim. Everything that happens in the world comes from the Abishter. Besides Yid shemaim, Besides the person's Yiddish Hashem, which Yiddish Hashem, Yiddish is the primary and most important and the root of all Avedis as it's explained in Tanya. And therefore, the Yiddish is the most important thing, and the most important Avedah. And Yiddish is not from the Abishter. Yiddish comes through the person's Avedah himself. So, if a person wants to make a Dirbetach which means a person has to do his Avedah, it has to come from the person. Shehem Yasu Dirbetach Barapatachtenim, that the Yid should work on himself to have Yiddish Hashem, which through that he's able to do his Avedah, which through that he's able to make a Dirbetach Tainim. Al Yidei Shukalachad Veyachad Mehem, through each Yid, Yizachich his Gufi Vinafshi Abamis Vachal Kevelim, should refine his Guf, his Nefesh Abamis, and his Chelik in the world. And therefore, and therefore, of the person, the ikir is gam Even with regards to the head, the most important part of the person's neck shall because through the neck, as we explained at length earlier, the avedah can be done because with the head itself, the 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 ruchnius of the person. The, the, remain separated from the gashmis of the person, from the rest of the body, and the neck brings the two together. So in order to do the Aved of Dirbetach of connecting the person to Elam he needs to go through the neck. 
And this explains why Yosef and Binyamin each cried on the neck of their brother and not on the head. Allah for two points. Number one, the head refers to the neshama. And the neshama, there's nothing to cry. Because the neshama, even during a sin, the neshama was still faithful to Hashem. The neshama never left. The neshama always remained close to Hashem. So there's no reason to cry. The problem is, is lower down. And Beis, Tachlisei Shal Ben Yisrael. The ultimate purpose of the Yid in a Bereshit is not in the head, meaning, the Neshama working on itself. The purpose of the Yid is in the neck, which is impact the body. And his Nefesh is his animal soul, and his portion of Elam the Kenal is explained at length up until here. And therefore, and therefore, if you're going to cry, cry in a place where it makes a difference. So number one, the, uh, the, the, the head, there's nothing to cry about. Number two, there's no purpose to cry there because the head can't change anything. So therefore they cried on each other's necks because number one, that is where the problem begins. And number two, that's where the problem has to be fixed and could be fixed. So we now understand what's the mila of a neck Sigh in the person and sigh in the in the structure of the world that the base amigdash is, is in the is positioned, it, it, it was built in the part which would be considered the neck of the world, and why Yasef and Benyamin cried on each other's necks. In Oyes Gimel is going to introduce a new question, and that is why do they cry on each other's churban base amigdash and not on their own? And then in Ois Dalid, he's going to introduce what is the whole idea of crying. We're going to explain what does crying even do. And we're going to understand a whole new approach in how to deal with the Khurban. Ois Gimel. Amram Tzadach Lahavin. We have to understand. Lama Bacha Yesif Ala Mekdoshes. Why did Yesif cry? Al Mekdoshes Bechelki Shil Binyamin. Why did Yesif cry on the Batiya Mekdosh that would be in Binyamin's portion? Ubinyamin cried on the portion on the on the Mishkan that was in Yesus' portion. Seemingly, each of them should seemingly be crying on the Besamikdash of their own Khalik. A person's closer to himself. This is a, a, a reference in the Gabara Sanhedrin when it comes to the halachis of Eidus, of testimony. That in order to give Eidus in the Beisam Mikdash, the, uh, the, 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 in order to give Eidus, the Allah is that a card of his possible Eidus, a person that's a relative, a, a, a brother, a father, a son, cannot give Eidus, cannot say testimony. Says the Gemara over there, that a person for sure cannot give testimony even for themselves, even to incriminate themselves, because a person is the closest card to himself. A person is more related to himself than his relative is. And uh, he mentions in Nara 16 that you see that also in the person that when it comes to expressing how you're feeling, when it comes to someone else, even if it's your father or your brother, you have to use words. A person can't always know what the other person is thinking or feeling. But a person themselves, without saying any words, just in machshava alone, in their own thought, they already know how they feel or what they're thinking. 
because there's a sense of closeness that a person has to themselves that is even greater than to their closest relatives. This whole person is close to themselves. So much so, even when it comes to the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael, the gamble for Yamavur by Chasidus, the gate of Lechus of the Kamusa Shalavazu, and even as explained in Chasidus, in the great, in its great quality and quantity of this mitzvah, im kozar nevertheless, Ari Ha'ava Eina Be'ifin Shel Eina Ella Be'ifin Shel V'Yavta L'Reicha Kamecha B'Chafadimian. The whole Ava that you say, love your fellow Yid as yourself, is Kamecha. The Chaf that says like. As it compares one to the other, but it's only a comparison. But certainly does not reach the same level that a person loves themselves. As much as we're going to say that a person uh, has to love another yid, he doesn't reach the law of persons as you love yourself. And he says in order 18 that even though Avas Yisrael is an Ava Asmit, Ava Atzmis, it's something that's coming from within, not necessarily something that has to be developed. But nevertheless, it could be compared to the Ava to a brother, which is also an Ava Atzmis. It's also something that comes from within and not something that has to be worked on. But nevertheless, the love you have to your brother is not the same that you love you have to yourself. And also, as we see mentioned in Igeres HaKedesh, and you get a simitazayin. Be'esa, you get us. Atzma shebamayin echad kamo yesh laharbeis b'martin tzdaka. Shimi desachesed. And the very same igeres that the Alter Rebbe elaborates on how much, how important it is to give tzdaka. Because tzdaka is the idea of chesed. Nevertheless, he says over there, asher b'shah she'en b'yadeh lekitna chashomayim. That if a person only has one jug of water, hinei chayecha kaidman, the halacha is that your life comes first, which means to say if there's two people in a desert, and they only have one jug of water, and there's only enough water to give one of them to live, then the person who owns that water is uh, drinks that water and doesn't give it away. Because as much as he has a mitzvah to love the other person, he has a mitzvah to take care of himself first. So based on this, clearly and certainly each of them, it was more important to them. Their own base amigdash. So seemingly the crying should have been first and foremost on the churbin and the destruction of his own base amigdash. And how is it that they're crying on the, for the other person's churbin base amigdash? And now we have a second question. Till now we were talking about the reunion of Yesuf and Yom. Yesuf and Yom met each other and they cried on each other's shoulders. Now we're going to talk about the reunion of Yesuf and Yaakov Avinu. The Pasik says that Yosef cried on Yaakov's shoulders, on Yaakov's neck, and then, Yaakov, and then he cried even more. Yosef continued to cry even more. The Zayar says, that Yosef was crying on the Besamikdash that was going to be destroyed. And this is how the Zayar explains that he cried additionally, extra more. And after crying on the Chorb Mesa Migdash, there was an additional crying. And the final Golos on, the, on, the, on, the, on, this, on this last Golos. In other words, this Golos, besides the fact that the Yidin went out of, out of we Yidin were, were exiled out of Yerushalayim, out of Eretz Yisrael, with the Churban of the second Beis HaMikdash, this Golos is a very, very long Golos. A Golos that has not yet ended. So Yosef was crying not just for the Churban of the Beis HaMikdash, but he was crying for this long, extended Golos. 
He cried extra because the galus is so long. Oh, so that's how the Zayir explains it. Rashi doesn't say this. Yasef cried because he hadn't seen his father in so long. But Alpi, the Zayar, Yasef was crying for the Churban Besam Mikdash. Yes, Litmaya. So based on this, we have a question. Why does only Yasef cry in the Churban Besam Mikdash and not Yaakov Avinu? According to the Zayar, it's not a sufficient answer. According to the understanding of the Pasik, in the basic, in the simple understanding, they weren't crying because of, he wasn't crying because of the Khurbin. He was crying because he missed his father. He was emotional. So there, according to that, the reason that and the reason that Yaakov didn't fall back onto Yosef's shoulders and cry and kiss him is because he was reading Shema. So according to this, this emphasizes the greatness of the Aved of Yaakov. Even in the moment that he was seeing his son for the first time, after many years thinking that he was not alive, nevertheless, he didn't stop saying Shema. Even more than that, Simcha Atzumazu, this incredible Simcha, Lehitvidosei Melachav Mekriyas Pasuk Rishon Deshma, Shachinicha Kavana did not distract him from having the proper intentions which we're supposed to have and the proper concentration we're supposed to have during saying the first pasuk of Shema, which means to say Yaakov was saying Shema. Had he been disturbed or distracted by the by, by meeting Yosef, he would have stopped. He would have said, wouldn't have said Shema because he can't have he can't have Kavana and Shema Tzricha Kavana. The fact that Yaakov continued saying Shema means. That Yaakov felt that he was able to have the proper concentration and the proper kavanah by saying Shema. Which means Yaakov is on such an incredible level that this, in, this joy and this emotion of seeing Yasef, his son, did not distract him from saying Shema. So that makes beautiful sense and it even emphasizes the greatness of Yaakov. But according to the Zayar, that Yasef was crying for the Churm Beis Amikdash. The question is, how is it possible? That Yaakov was not uh, 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 emotional and not distracted by the Churm Besamikdash. For Yochel Beshozu Nikri Sashma Bekavana. And was able to read in this very moment, was able to read Shema with a proper, say Shema with a proper Kavana. So we have two questions. Number one, why do Yasef and Benyamin each cry on their own Churbin? Uh, on the others, Churban Beis Amikdash or Bate Mikdash, and not on their own Churban. And number two, according to the Zayah, that Yasef was crying on the Churban Beis Amikdash, why does Yaakov not cry and instead read Shema? Now we're going to explain this. We have to understand what is crying, what is happening when we cry, and what does crying accomplish? When a person cries, literally, when it comes to material matters, personal matters. A person cries, this is to make it easier for the person who's crying. It releases this negative energy and it makes him feel better. As we see literally, when a person cries for something that is bothering him or affecting him, this crying has no power to rectify 
that which has caused the crying. But he cried, and he'll feel a little better. Like it says in Tehillim, my tears were like bread to me. They made me satiated. They made me, they made me full. The crying made me feel better. But it didn't fix anything. From this it's understood. When a person is able to fix something. On the contrary. He shouldn't try to calm himself down through crying. Excuse me. A person should do and fix. Rectify the problem. Therefore... When a person sees the destruction of the other person's migdash, this could be uh, uh, on, on, a, on a personal level. A person sees the other person is in a state of churbin, of his migdash. He could participate, he could empathize, and he could cry. But the main rectification and rebuilding of his Beis HaMikdash is not dependent on him and the person, but on the other person whose Beis HaMikdash is in a state of destruction. He does, he is able and therefore is obligated to help the other person in the following ways. By telling him what he has to do in a pleasant way, teaching him what to do right. By being by awakening, mercy upon him, by davening for him. But to actually get rid of those sins, those transgressions that caused that there should be a state of destruction in his in his uh, friends, Mikdash, Tali Bachavere, Shubab Khiro is dependent only on his friend because his friend is a Baubhira, is a, it has the free choice to do what's right, and he's the one who has to do the right thing to fix his base on Mikdash. And a person did everything to do, he can't help his friend. And nevertheless, he sees that after everything that he did for him, his Beis Amikdash is still in a state of destruction. And it hurts him, it impacts him greatly. And he cries for him, but he can't do more than that. In, in, in the Sikha, in the Rebbe, this is a Fabrengi from Vayigash, there were some very geschmack expressions in this Fabrengen. The Rabbi said in Yiddish, the Rabbi said, A person can't build the other person's base on Mikdash. He could, he, could, he, he could go on with he could give extra stocka, and he can daven in a half hour longer for the other person. But more than that, he can't do. When a person sees his own a person cannot suffice by crying and by sighing. Now, one action is better than a thousand sighs or a thousand groans. This is a, 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 an expression that was brought countless times by the Rebbe in, in, in letters and in Sichas. And it actually originates from a letter that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote to a Yid in Rastov. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Yid had suffered a loss in his family. 
But in the letter, the Friedrich Rebbe describes the, the difficulty of the situation. Bechlal, not just by this person's individual uh, Ayid, but the, the matzah of Yiddishkeit Bechlal in, in Russia. And after describing the whole matzah and how terrible it is, the Friedrich Rebbe ends uh, uh, with this vort of, of, the, of the Rebbe Rashab that that teva pula achas melav anochas it says nayemim over there azevis anocha ushkoid b'avoyde b'poyel v'yachnocha elakim leave you know go away from the from the sighing get involved in avoyde b'poyel and doing actual avoyde v'yachnocha elakim and the abister will bench you in other words as bad as the situation is if there's something that's your beis amigdash if it's something that's wrong within you you have to fix it you can't just cry person has to do everything he can to rebuild and fix his beis amigdash his own personal beis amigdash which will lead to the goal there's an exception to the rule. If the tears, if the crying is tears of tshuva, then it's okay. Because then the crying itself is part of the building and part of the rectification. Like it says in the passage, place my tears in your pouch. And you hold on to my tears because my tears have a purpose. But inside for that exception to the rule, tears don't work. You want to fix the, your base amigdash, you have to, you have to, you have, you have to actually do something. Sometimes, tears, not only they don't work, they actually have the opposite effect. They weaken his Because he says, in his heart, he says to himself, I already, I already was yaitzen, I already fulfilled my obligation by crying. The Rebbe told over a story in the Farbrengen about someone that, that the Friedrich Rebbe said that there was someone once who was crying by Hashamnu. So the Rebbe Rashab said that you know, he already gave, he already forgave himself. You know, he's crying so hard he clearly forgave himself. He's certainly a tzaddik, said the Rebbe Rashab. But uh, I don't know if the Rebbe Rashab said it or the Friedrich Rebbe used it as an explanation of the story. But he said nothing was accomplished. He cried and nothing was accomplished. Sometimes a person feels too good of themselves. I, I, I even cried. I even, I, even, uh, I, I felt bad. But what, what, how does that uh, uh, actually fix? Now that we understand what crying is, the crying, Taka makes a person feel good. Taka relieves the person of some of the stress of what, what he's going through. But it doesn't fix anything. So when it comes to the other person and he can't fix anything anyway, so then he cries because he has, no, he has nothing else to do. When it comes to a person himself where he could fix himself, crying doesn't work. He has to actually do something. Now we can understand what happened. Therefore, the tears of the crying of Yesuf Mayam was each on the other person's chalik because on their own chalik there's no crying to do. You have to work. So Yesuf cried on Mayam's chalik because for the other person you're allowed to cry. And Yesuf cried for Mayam's chalik because he's allowed to cry for the other person. But to cry for yourself has no purpose. Oh. Now we have to answer the second question about Yaakov Avinu. Here, it's, it's, a, it's, a little, you know, it's a little short, but it... it, it Answers the question and then explains also why Yankee was saying Shema. The question was why didn't why didn't Yaakov cry? So he says he's going to explain that Yaakov didn't cry, and not only that, but he was saying Shema, which was part of the solution. 
Yaakov did not cry in the Churban Beis HaMikdash. But he was saying Shema. Yaakov is the father of all Yudin. Both the Beis HaMikdash, the Batim HaMikdash, and the Mishkan, both Yasef's Chalik, and Vinyamin's Chalik is all considered his own Chalik because he's their father. So everything is his Chalik, and therefore he can't cry in any of it. Because the said it's all his chilek, therefore he has to fix, he has to fix it, he can't cry for it. So the first question, the first detail of the, uh, was why does Yankiv not crying? Because if it's, if it's his own Beis HaMikdash, he can't cry. Now what was he doing? He was reading Shema, saying Shema, and therefore, what was Yankiv doing at this moment? There was a moment Yasef was crying for the Churban Beis HaMikdash. So ya Yaakov says, one second, I can't cry with you because it's my Churban, I have to fix it. And therefore, Taka Yaakov was, got right away involved with rectifying and rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash. How did he do that? By saying Shema. What's the connection? The Beis HaMikdash is what, like we learned this in the past and previous, obviously this is from the Rambam, but it is, We've, we've discussed this in the past, Machlekes of the Rambam and the Ramban, that the idea of the Beis HaMikdash is that it should be a place for Karbanis, a place ready and prepared to bring Karbanis. And anybody who says Krishna, and saying Krishna is like bringing a Karbin. So he said Krishna. What's the connection of Krishna and a Karbin? The idea of a Karbin is that a person should be bring closer from within himself, from, he can, from within us, from within the Eid himself, we have to bring to Hashem, that's a Karbin, which is the Krishna, which is the same idea as Krishna, um, nefesh and the Mesiris Nefesh, that's part of Krishna, number one. When you say Hashem Echad, a person is supposed to be Mechad, and to be Mechad, Nefesh when he says the Echad. So there's one eerie, one Nukuda, where you see Mesiris Nefesh in Shema. Then later you say, that your Pasha is ready to love Hashem, even in a case where you're losing your life. So Pasha is Mesiris Nefesh Mamish. So say in Echad, and say in Bechal you see that Kriyashma is the union of Mesiris Nefesh. So Mesiris Nefesh is the union of a carbon, because the whole carbon is to give yourself over to the Abishter. And therefore, by saying Kriyashma, it's, like it's like bringing a carbon. And by bringing a carbon, it's like doing, accomplishing what the Beis Amigdash is meant to accomplish. So what Yaakov Avinu was doing is saying, we have to start rebuilding Beis Amigdash. What do we have? We have to bring a carbon. If I can't bring a carbon literally, I have to say Shema, which is the idea of Mesiris Nefesh, which is the idea of a carbon. So Yaakov was not only not crying, not only did he say, I'm not going to cry because I have to, I have to build my base of he actually right away goes and says Shema. So this shot of Rashi that we mentioned earlier, what he was saying Shema is not only a question, it's actually part of the answer. That as soon as, as Yasef begins to cry on the Churban Beis HaMikdash, Yaakov says one second, you could cry because you cry, because it was, it's not Bechel Kecha. So cry, but I can't cry. I have to build. Now I build by saying Shema. So now we understand this whole story so much better. Idea of Yasef and Benjamin crying on each other's shoulders. And Yaakov Yasef crying on Yasef's and, and, and Yasef crying on Yaakov's shoulders. And Yaakov saying Shema, we now understand what was going on. Why they were crying on each other's shoulders and why Yaakov doesn't cry. Because when it comes to Binyan based on Migdash, if it's our based on Migdash, then we have to work on it and we can't cry. 
Crying itself is not going to get us anywhere. It's, it'll make us feel good, but that's it. We have one last question. The question is going to be, what's the whole point of doing anything at this point? Yes, they saw in, in, in Hakedis that the base Megas was going to be destroyed. So, so it's too late. They lacked, you shouldn't ask the question. Since they saw with Ruach HaKedish, with divine spirit, they saw divine intuition. They saw that the Mishkan, Shiloh, and the base of Bati Amigdash were going to be destroyed. It was already decreed from above. So what could still be done? Now the Karam Ruchazal, it's not a question at all, because Chazal already told us, that even if there's a very sharp sword laying on the neck of a person, this person should not refrain from davening to the Avistair and awaking, arousing the Avistair's Rachmanus, the Avistair's mercy. So therefore, even after the decree was made, it is still possible through our, through our work to tear, to rend the the Xardin, the decree, and change it. Like we find the story with Chizkiah. The king, and he tells him that there was a, there was a prophecy that he, it was decreed upon him that he should die. Chizkiah says to Yeshayah, complete your nevuah, finish your nevuah, and go out of here. In the Sikhi, the Rebbe said that Chizkiah said to Yeshaya, Guten Morgen, Guten Tag, Good morning, good day, you know, get out of here. And then, after Yeshaya left, Chizkiah uh, turns to the wall, and that is to Hashem, the Lashon of the Sikhi, Er he and the Abister himself. So, there was a Gzardin that he's going to die. Chizkiah tells Yeshaya, Good morning, Guten Tag, you know, get out of here. And then he turns to the wall and he spends a few minutes with the Abister himself. And he danced to Hashem. And his tefillah helped. Because Yeshaya came back to him and told him, That the Abister heard his tefillah. And he was given another 15 years. Literally 15 years of life in this world. So we see from over here that, that it's never too late. And, and even after the Xardin was made, you could still rip up the Xardin through Avaid. And therefore, when it comes to the Khurban based on English, a person sees a Khurban uh, based on English in their own life, they should not try to, to cry, they should not cry about it, or not just cry about it, they should do something. In the end of this Sikha, the Rebbe, in the Fabrengen, the Rebbe said, this is why we find that in Lubavitch, there were certain times during, during Tishabav, certain shois, during Tishabav, that things were besimcha. Cheder, the Rebbe asks, even learning Teda is not allowed uh, in, in certain parts of Teda, are not allowed on, on Tishabav. So, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a din of Avelis. But the answer is, when it comes to Tishabav, when we're mourning on the Churban Beis Amikdash, it's not, the Aved is not it's not through crying and sighing, but we have to know that we have to rebuild the Beis Amikdash. And therefore, the, 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 even on Tishabav, you can't cry the whole Tishabav, because then you're going to miss the point. And this leads us to this final Oisai Zvav, which is the practical application. Amru Chazal. Chazal tells us, Every day and generation, the Beis Amigdash was not rebuilt in its time, in its day. It is considered as if they themselves destroyed it. 
because since they were not able to rebuild it through Tshuva, through Maisim, through uh, Avoida, therefore it's as if it was destroyed in that generation. And this applies to everybody's specific individual Beis The fact that the Beis Amigdash HaKloli was not rebuilt in, in my times, in our times yet, it may be, may be rebuilt. Because our individual Beis Amigdash, our personal Beis Amigdash is, is, is in a state of Khurban, of destruction. If the person's Avoid his own base amigdash was in the state of completion. Mashiach would come and rebuild the base amigdash akloli. But a yes that my avoid is not Mishlemus, my base amigdash is in the state of Khurban. This affects my Samidus Akloli. But his bonus was however thinking about this. Its purpose and intent is not to sigh about it or cry about it. to do something about it. Bring himself to his own Gula and rebuild his own base amigdash in his life. This will hasten and bring down the Gula Klolis and the rebuilding of the base amigdash in its place.